It's that time of the week again, bitch. That's right. It's another episode of Old School, New School Comedy Podcast. And I am your shit-talking host, hashtag strongest female comedian, Christy Miller. And I am coming to you kind of live. Yeah, there's a poll somewhere in this fucking place. From the world-famous Comic Strip Live here in New York City. And with me this week is an old friend. And I mean old. I mean she is long in the tooth, people. Can I get... Wait, let me get a... no i've known her for a really long time i haven't seen her in a hundred years but she still looks the same she's still my girl she has a blog out on substack called the cruise ship comedian and you can see her everywhere and if you like to take boats to places with other white trash people for weeks at a time you may have seen her tell jokes there god bless her for that <laughs> this is my girl C- christina walkinshaw <laughs> hello christy <laughs> i'm such an asshole so i haven't changed i mean i love it i mean that's what the shit talking is about <laughs> and cruise ships yeah you would have a field day out there i did one cruise ship okay which one it was my let oh okay oh. it was a charter cruise Oh, see, that one, I, that actually appeals to me. Yeah, in China. It, it did until I realized what I'd gotten myself into. Now, for, for those of you that know, um, it was a swingers cruise. <gasps> oh, yeah, I want to do that. You, you would be great on it. I'm just, I couldn't, because I am, I talk a lot of shit, but seeing a, a thou, like 3,000 fat, ugly, over the hill, naked people fucking on a deck. We're called the cruisers. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> no, these yeah. aren't crew. These are swingers, honey. <laughs> these are a whole nother level. <laughs> but yeah, when I say I would like to do that, I mean like the cruise, not the swinging. <laughs> yeah, you'd be great. Yeah, but it was like I. It was just so. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, the theater was fun. The show, the the, the because it was chartered, so celebrity decided to mix and match all the shows up. So they screwed up the whole schedule. They put me on a day early. When they docked, so these people had been docked in Aruba all day, partying in the sun, getting loaded and fucking all day. And then I went on at 10, 15 that night, and then there was a midnight party. And it was naked people with psych- with neon, because it was an 80s party, which was, it, the music was great. But it was like, it was so funny, because they were like naked, and there was a naked couple in the audience. You know, it's a huge theater. I was going to ask you, yeah, the audience was naked? Naked. Most of them were naked, not negligees. And it was. I saw everything, things that no Christian should ever see, okay? <laughs> I, the people that were naked shouldn't be, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but whenever there was one couple, they were butt-ass naked, older couple, and they were wearing masks and said, honey, you're covering the wrong hole. <laughs> That's not going to protect you from shit in this boat. Okay, this is a floating Petri dish, you guys. Like, it was so funny. And out of 1,100 people, this one dude got so offended by what I was saying. I said, are you fucking kidding me? You guys come here and fuck the neighborhood. And he was offended by what, did it, what was the joke? It was about Caitlyn Jenner because she's a cunt. Okay. She, she, we were kicking her out of the, the alphabet. Kicked her out. The whole alphabet family has kicked her out. And I was making fun of her because she was a poor choice to be woman of the year. 
Like, give it to you know, Laverne Cox. Let her be woman of the year if you're going to give it to a trans woman. Let her. She's a beautiful representation. There's women in Congress. There's people. There's so many amazingly powerful trans woman but because she's rich and in hollywood she gets it because it's like a like a photo op for it and it was just all and she uses the 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 community for her own benefit not to help the community she don't give a fuck about her own community she shits on them so i was you know making jokes and people were loving it and this one guy freaked out you you stop talking about how much you hate trans people and i'm like i don't hate trans people i hate caitlin what's the you know like are you kidding and I told them all that shit, and then I doubled down. I kept, because a bit is long. I have a whole bunch of chunks on Caitlyn. Because I have the Kardashians. I have folders of shit on them that yeah. I just roast them. And the audience was yelling at them to shut the fuck up. And it was so funny. And I just, uh, it was, it got real crazy. I go, you, I go, this crowd of all people, you're the judgy ones? Really? Really? You're in your cul-de-sac Monday through Friday hiding that you're so prim and proper and you come on this boat and fuck the entire neighborhood. I go, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I let them have it. And it was so, you know, just clapping like, yeah, like they were, they were great. They were fantastic. But that one dude, I pissed him off so much. And then I found him outside and said, oh, I really love your shirt. I followed him. <laughs> <laughs> do you try to do that? Like after a show? When it, oh, I well, do. You try to, oh. like, try, to, to, try to make up with the person in the audience? Who yeah, well, when, that, when, so I get, pissy. when I get heckled, I don't put them down. Yeah. No, I build I. I build them up with positivity as I'm destroying them at the same time. <laughs> so they can't. So they have no receipts. And I'm the queen of no receipts, hunty. You know, I'm sure I have some somewhere, but, you know, I body somewhere. But it's, you know, I try to build it because I don't want anybody to leave upset. You know, it's it's comedy. Like, we're all in this to have a good time. And, and having, I've watched so many comics on the interwebs with their little crowd work clips and destroying hecklers. But, like, being brutally mean. Like, just, like, you don't have to be that mean. Now that person's going to hate comedy and they're never going to go to a club again because of you. Yeah. You ruined it. And now the whole crowd is upset. Yeah. So I don't like to ruin the show. So I like to make them part of the show and have fun with them and build them up as I'm ripping them to shreds, but I'm building them up with positivity. It's so, uh, I had one time I was in Nashville and this, uh, after the show, this one lady was so mad at me because she was disgusting. And she was so offended, but the whole crowd was just like on my side. They were amazing. It was like one of the funnest nights in Nashville. And the people came up to me after the show. They said, I cannot believe I've never seen a comedian destroy a heckler with so much love and encouragement and positivity. Like, I've never seen that. That was amazing to watch. I said, oh, yeah, they're not going to get me upset because I don't give a fuck. Yeah. They have to go home and I get to live rent free in their head for the rest of their lives. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I forget who they are two months later, but I think it's funny. But I'm not gonna hurt them. I don't wanna ruin their night and I don't wanna ruin your night. No, totally. And I don't wanna ruin my night. I'm having a good time. Yeah. So, you know, how do you handle boat hecklers? I mean, I I definitely have a lot of late night shows. So yeah, you're saying like ten thirty and yeah, everybody's been hammered and in the sun all day. Like sometimes we're doing eleven thirty PM shows. And honestly, like, I can't even decide what what I like or hate more. Like, the people who are super drunk and heckling and talking or the people that just, like, start to nod off in your show. Oh, like, there's sleeping people. Also, if the ship's too rocky, I've had people barfing in the crowd. I almost fell over because we hit some rough waters that night. Yeah. Because, you know, at night they speed those boats up to make up time. And during the day they slow them down so you can enjoy being outside. It's not rocky. But at night, you hear their engines. They're in the fast lane. They're gunning it, you know. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm like on the stage. I'm like, well, like, so I started circling 
the stage just to maintain balance. And there was people like falling over. One lady was passed out like this in the front. It was amazing. I'm like, this feels like home. There is so many variables out there. Like it's hard. It is hard. And you're already in your head about your own set. But then like crazy things can happen. Like I was on a ship last year and during the day we had a man overboard and we had to like turn the ship around. And then literally like a half an hour before I had to go on stage, the captain came on. And he was like, we've been released from the search and rescue mission for our missing guest. Uh, we're going to turn the ship back around now, continue going back to Mexico. Because we turned around to go look for the man overboard um, who was a missing guest at the first uh, the first time he announced it or whatever. And then, uh, you know, I get to the comedy club and they're like, uh, so, yeah, anyway, so the guy's dead. Okay. Oh, yeah, because the captain also goes, uh, thoughts and prayers go to the go up to the family tonight. I like the entire ship has heard this, and then you know we Here's they, proceed. I know. Now they're like, <laughs> da, okay. da, 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 da. now they're like, go be funny. Also, don't bring it up. <laughs> You're like, it's the most. It was like the most tone deaf show I've ever done in my life. I'm like, oh, does that girl not know that somebody might have just died? Although, in a in a great spin on this story, they actually found the guy. They found him like stop it. He was on Good Morning America. He's almost. He's already more famous than I am. <laughs> he was. He was obviously probably. He might have been a little inebriated, as a lot of cruisers are. Yeah, they but fall was... overboard by yeah. accident. Nobody is just falling off that railing. Anyways, but... See, uh... I, because you're better than me. If they told me, don't mention it. Are right, you guys ready for jokes after the guy drowned, you know? Oh, yeah. I, they'd be, I would literally go out and say, you know, they told me not to mention that guy went overboard and drowned, but I'm not, so I'm not going to mention it. I'm so not even going to talk about this guy as I'm roasting him. I would just do five minutes up front on how I'm not supposed to talk about this guy. Well, you yeah. told me not to talk about it, so I'm not talking about this guy overboard. You know, like, I would so do it just to, like, come on. How do you not address an idiot overboard? Come on. That's good writing. I know. Trust me. I'm such a nerd, and I just did what I was told. But the other comic the next night after they found the, the guy, because right. he treaded water for, like, 18 hours, he found, like, a piece of driftwood or something, and he survived. How, wait. He found driftwood in the middle of the ocean? Somewhere in the Gulf of Mexico. We had just left, like, oh, okay. Louisiana. So we were probably just out of the Mississippi. But anyways, but he had been missing for, like, 18 hours or something. Um, but the other comic, once we knew he was alive, he did address it on stage because he was, I think he was kind of pissed there, was like, that, that yeah. he was told not to bring it up. Yeah. Um, but he gets on stage and I don't even know if he really wrote this joke or if he was just saying that the other man in the elevator said this so that he didn't, you know, sometimes how you might right. put something in somebody else's voice. Oh, it'll be like the guy in the elevator said oh. this and I'm not repeating it. Right. So it isn't really my thought, right? Yeah. So you don't, yeah, that's an old uh, gag. But he was so funny. He was just like, yeah, I saw the guy in the elevator this morning, and he was like, tread water for 18 hours? No, it was a white guy. <laughs> like, but it killed. Yeah. Like, it killed. The audience loved yeah. it. Because they, they're like, you have to address the elephant in the room. Yeah. And if there's something going on, I'm not going to back off. I can't. It's not my nature. That's what I'm going to talk about. I'm like, fuck the act. I'm going after the elephant in the room. Yeah. And that's what everybody, because I remember... I've done, like, it was one night we were out at Governor's. I know I'm name-dropping. And <laughs> shout out to Jimmy. Love you, James. And uh, don't whack me. And uh, <laughs> and we had a, there was a benefit for Bob Nelson, an old, old school comic. He had cancer, and we did it. They did a big benefit. So I went out there to support, and uh, my buddy Rob Bartlett was on stage. Rob's very old school. He'll be on the show um, November 6th, so tune in for that episode. Oh, that's next week. Yes. 
So Bartlett is one of the funniest guys you will ever, ever meet. And he's on stage. And now mind you, the poor guy hasn't written a joke in like 30 years because he hasn't had to. Yeah, he's a big actor. He produced Imus in the Morning for 31 years, you know, and, you know, so he hasn't had to do stage time, you know. So, like, his last jokes were like 9-11 jokes, you know, like, <laughs> that's how long ago it was. It's so sad. But he's one of the funniest dudes. Like, his improv going off the cuff is just, there's nobody like him. He's so magical. So he's doing his act, and it's kind of stagnant, and the fire alarm goes off in the club. Somebody opened up the fire exit by accident, right? Yeah. And it's like, wait, 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 wait. And so the audience is like, what the fuck? Beep, nee, nee. And like, it's going off. And Rob's trying to like maintain composure. And finally he goes, oh, fuck. Who the fuck? And he goes off and it destroys. Like he just starts annihilating the club, the thing, and he's making fun of it. And then he's working it in. And it was so great. And I go, because, and I'm like, you have to address the elephant. Oh, totally. Yeah, even though I didn't that night, but there's been other times. Well, you're you know? trying to be a good girl because sometimes I am. I know. We can't get away with as much stuff as men do. I know, it's true. And that's corporate comedy out there, and you're getting like reviewed all the time. So it's just like, uh, I can't. Let's I'm not. You know me. I, I can't do that. I would be banned. I'll be canceled in 17 languages if I did that. <laughs> yeah, that'll get you, that'll make you go viral, actually. That can be really good. Oh, See I how many cruise lines you can get canceled from. <laughs> Dude, I tried to get canceled when I, my album came out. I put a clip up of the about women in their 40s and 50s having kids, and you shouldn't. You know, and, and it's all, you know, the punchline got go, because if you have a baby, the kid's going to come out, damn, and murdered. Like, I had to stop and let people laugh for, like, a minute straight. Like, I had to pause. And they were screaming, like, screams you can hear on the album. And so I posted that clip. I'm like, I think it's fine. Well, because I'm an asshole and the album's going to sell. I'm going to get up. This is fucking great. Right? I'm thinking marketing, right? I only got, like, 5,000 views. Oh, this is some real shit. You're so funny. Oh, my God. You said what we're all thinking. I'm like, oh, you son of a bitch. How dare you love me like that? <laughs> Backfired. They love you. I know. I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> You're supposed to hate it and send it to all your friends. Say, look at this bitch. <laughs> and then buy my album, Brutally Yours, on all streaming. <laughs> I'm going to download that album now. You tell that story just worked. <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> Another download. I'm so bad with self-promoting. Like I don't make any of those clips. I know we're living in a clip world right now, and I'm not a clip girl at all. Like I'm not. I don't know. I like it. That's one thing I like about being on the cruises. I feel like I get a little anonymity, and I get to like fly under the radar, but make money and do nice long sets. Some for the like, you know. That's it's a great gig. People like you know Michelle Ballin. You know I. Somebody just brought up her name to me, but I don't she, think I've met her. But She's the queen of cruise ships. Yeah. And also another friend of mine, Mike Wilson. Hey. He rules the cruise ships for like 30. Like both of them have been on cruise ships for over 20-something years, right? So Balin, she, I go, dude, she comes, where I run into her at the Comedy Cellar. And she goes, oh, thank God, Christy, you're the only one here who knows who the fuck I am. <laughs> and I said, it's definitely that now. Yeah. <laughs> I go, well, Michelle... She goes, I none of the clubs know who I am. This fucking terror. I don't like this shit. This is awful. This is such a bad. I feel awful. I feel like I'm missing out. I go, really? You're missing out on a bunch of douchebags fighting over $50 spots? Uh, really? While you're making fucking four digits on a cruise ship, doing an hour, 
enjoy seeing the world, being fed, your bills are paid, you have nothing to worry about financially for the last 22 years. I go, get the fuck out. Do you want to come back and fight for a $50 spot with a bunch of other douchebags for a 10-minute $50? Get the fuck out of here. I'll trade you places. <laughs> I know, and it's nice. Uh, it's such a perspective. I know, it's true, and I have to remember that, because sometimes I go a little stir-crazy out there, for just, the most part. Just text me when you're out there. Yeah, saying, bitch, get, talk me off the, the Lido deck. Travel, yeah, travel, free food. It, but it's funny, because like, then I always feel guilty when I'm in New York, and I'm not really trying as hard, but I'm like, oh, I just did like 10 half-an-hour sets, or I just did you know, 10 45 minute sets this week. Like I'm good. Like I feel like I've gotten my fair share of stage time where if, I feel good. If I was getting 10 45 minute sets every two weeks, I would bend over in New York City, pull my pants down, spread <laughs> my ass cheeks, and tell every club to kiss the inside of the rim. Oh. Nothing? All right. Did that work? Can I get sponsored? <laughs> Like last night, I did a ten. I did two ten minute spots, and I swear to God, I probably it's hard. It, I was so frazzled. I felt like I was like there was a game of bingo, like bingo bits in my head, where I was like, "Oh, I gotta pull this. I'm running out of time. Why don't I make it a long set list?" And I was like, "There's that. There's that. There's that." And it's, I was just like, blah, blah. "Like I felt it's, very rushed, and I felt like a, yeah, I probably looked very spastic." But I also had like some weird. It's been a while since I'm like sat at a table with a bunch of comedians do you know what I mean like I feel like I had a little social anxiety pre-show like just sitting down with all these comics that I barely knew and I'm like I almost didn't want to like I almost didn't want to talk and everybody's talking everybody knows each other and at one point I just hear another comic uh say something like oh yeah so quiet like nice but super quiet and it turns out they were talking about the audience but I was like are you talking about me you're such a comic. I make it all about her. Are you talking about me? <laughs> it's like I was being so quiet. They're probably like, but the thing, quiet they don't talk about other comics. They only talk about themselves and the audience, like how their set was. Comics are such self-absorbed cocksuckers. You just know that. You've been on a boat too long. You've been away. You've been in civilization, not in civil. That's the creepiest part of being on a ship is that you're in the middle of the ocean and you have no land in sight. No. That creeped me out because I'm like, what if we die out here? I mean, I, I haven't swam. I can't breathe underwater. Oh, fuck. I always feel pretty safe out there because no guns allowed on board. So that's always nice. But these guns. No guns. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know. Sorry. I, I, I didn't mean to do that. I did. Never mind. But when I'm backstage, like, um, on a cruise ship, like, I'm by myself. Like, there's no other comics yeah, to talk it's, to. It's, like, me and my very work. lonely. Pacing. Yeah, I just, like, pace. I look at my notes. And yeah, I just kind of, I kind of pace and I'm like, whoa, try to get myself all like. They had a, they had a, a piano player for the bar, for the yeah. lounge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And her, her name's Amber. She lives in Colorado. Her and I became best friends in like five minutes because it's like, oh my God, somebody with their clothes on. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> so I would go up to the shitty gym because it was an old boat. So the gym sucked. So I'm trying to do deadlifts and I'm flying all over the place. I'm like, this is not. This is going to leave a mark somewhere. I'm going to take a window out and I'm going to fall overboard. Like, but it was just so, but her and I just bonded. Like we, we were like Siamese twins. It was so hilarious. And we were the only ones dressed. They said you had to wear clothes to go eat. It yeah. wasn't us. We were the only ones dressed. Am I, am I the only, I walked into an orgy fully dressed with my purse on my back. I was like, uh, I went the wrong way. And walked into a thousand people on the deck, just banging it out. And I went, oh my God, oh my God, which way? And I couldn't get out. Oh, and I was 
freaking out. I had a panic attack. Oh, and I ran. I said, I'm never going outside again. Oh my God. <laughs> I was so scared. Oh my God. It was so traumatizing seeing an old man sitting on the edge of the pool with his feet in it. His balls are hanging in the water. I'm like, oh, is it tea time? Come on, people. Nothing. Is this thing on? Oh my God. Like, I'm so like, it's like, you know burn marks on the brain you know it's like i've been to vietnam and i've seen things <laughs> I, I wonder how long it takes them to like clean the ship because oh, uh, uh. <laughs> the, the next week could be some like i don't know charter ship for like kesha or like i don't know like a lot of different celebrities do charter like uh, chris jericho does one and other swingers do one but i i some of these uh i think Bert kreischer's uh starting one too Sure he is, because he's the one place he can take his shirt off without getting harpooned. <laughs> Just kidding, Bert. You know I love you. He hates me. He doesn't even know I exist. I left before. See, I left the comedy store before that whole wave came in. I left in 05. You were, I know, you were a paid regular at the comedy store, like, way back in the day. When, like, Mitzi was coherent. Yeah, when women barely got yep. past the company. Yep. And I was like in. One of three I can yep. think of. Yeah. Off the top of my head. Yeah. I was old yeah. school. And I was a waitress and I became a, and I was doing comedy and that was yeah. unheard of. Yeah. Mitzi was like, no, I don't like it. And then when she found out I was a waitress and I was a performer, at the, oh, she knew I was a waitress because I worked for her. <laughs> but, you know, was, you know, us comics all worked at the store. We worked phones. We worked cover booth. We did. I worked in accounting. I was Scott Day, our old talent coordinator's assistant. Uh, I worked in, uh, I was a waitress. I, you know, I, fuck off. What, am I, what else am I going to do? And I do shit for her. So Mitzi used to call me her all around girl. Aww. So when she found out by accident, they they were trying to hide it from her because they didn't want me to get fired. And when she found out, she goes, Christy's our performer. Ha, that's great. And Scott Day and Mike Becker and Dave Shula went, woo. Like they were so relieved. So I didn't have to hide from her anymore when I was there to do like potluck or yeah. Ellie room show because I always had to hide. Has waitresses weren't allowed to be there on their nights off. I didn't know that. Yeah. It was like, you know, you were only allowed to talk to comics if they were ordering a drink. Other than that, you shut your mouth and you serve drinks. Oh my God, I didn't know that. Yeah, because Sammy ran off with a waitress in 78. I had to see. I like that. These are the old school comedy yeah, stories. I, love. I have millions of them because I was there. Well, not in 78. Fuck you, people. <laughs> but in the mid-90s, you know? Yeah. And it was like, it was just a free-for-all there. But Mitzi was really good to me. And, uh, but yeah, that was back in the day. So all all those guys came in way after me. Oh, yeah. Because I went there, my, my little stint, my, my, my free trial of America was <laughs> 2002 to 2006. We'll yep. call it that. Uh, but yeah, so when I came in, and of course I was dating Sam. Yeah, Sam Tripoli for all you guys. Yeah, so I was, uh, and I had been doing comedy for a whole four years before that in Canada. So awesome, okay. <laughs> but everybody knew me as Sam's girlfriend. Yeah. Nobody knew me as a comedian in the beginning. Um, But yeah, anyways, obviously I hung out at the comedy store all the time, and that's when yeah. we met. But I remember that crew, like, you know, like I remember Sebastian just like doing spots. Oh. And like there's Sam and Brett Ernst and... Yeah. Um, I'm you know, the like, only girl, yeah. Yeah, Skippy and James Painter. 
Yeah. Oh, I miss James Painter. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. When you're going to hate. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Everybody has a Painter impression. <laughs> I know. Yeah, he was he was very memorable. What happened yeah. to those guys now? We're all those guys today. Whatever. Well, Sebastian, I heard, he's well, I heard a little loser. That's okay. Um, he's a loser selling out the garden. This guy. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, uh, no, uh, I was never. I was never really. F- I was friends with Sebastian, but I was never friends with Sebastian. I always found him very funny. I'll tell you that. So, no, I never did because it was too corny. Because I'm a fucking asshole. My brain is warped. So Sebastian was like a nice guy, and I'm like, ugh, so nice. Ugh, ugh, ugh. And now look at him. He's fucking doing it, and I'm sitting here with a fucking recorder and. A- and I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> Sebastian, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to talk shit about you back in then. <laughs> it's the curse. I remember I almost had a showcase, and then I don't know if you oh, remember this. <laughs> but I had the showcase, but then I don't know if you remember this. And I was trying to track down this letter like okay. a couple months ago because I was like, maybe I'll write a blog about this. Right. But do you remember like 2002 or three or four? Like some some girl wrote an email. She wrote an email basically calling out all these male comics who were being a jerk to her and sent it to 200 agents and managers and casting agents in L.A. And do you remember remember that? Oh, my God. Holy shit. Don't you remember that? So then it turned into, oh, by the way, she wrote the email, but she wrote it anonymously. So then it turned into a whole whodunit, and Mitzi was still alive, and yeah. everybody was trying to figure out who wrote the email. Like, I remember I did Ari's podcast, Just for Laughs, and he, he even brought up the email. He's like, seriously, who wrote the email? I'm like, I don't know. Nobody knows who wrote the email. But I will tell you this, because I read I had a, I had, I'll tell you who I thought it was. Oh, okay. So I, I reread um, my diary from that time of my life, because that's what I like to do every New Year's Day. I pull the old diary off my, the shelf, and I read my life from a different a phase of it and I found that part of my life in there and I lost my we all lost our showcase because of that email because they're like no women are are getting a showcase until we figure out who wrote the email so I lost my showcase Melissa lost her showcase too um I think we're probably the only two that Melissa McQueen one of my BFFs um but yeah we lost our showcase because of that email so it was kind of funny how this girl was trying to call out these men and stand up for women and somehow she ruined oh, no. women. Yeah. 2003, it actually made it worse. It was like, oh, so no, it, it uh, was like, oh, no, that's, that's what happened back then. Yeah. It only got in more trouble. Yeah, it's, and that's the thing with women in comedy. We have to be twice as funny to get half as far. And it's just the law of the land. Like, yeah. you never hear someone go, oh, no, there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of funny girls on the show tonight. No, you go, oh, that girl, she's hilarious. The rest of them suck. It's either one or the other. It's never like, oh, they're pretty funny. Yeah. Oh, she's pretty. She's all right. And I hear, oh, she sucks. And it's mostly from women. I know. Actually, the first time I ever got picked on, it was from another female comic. Yeah. Yeah. Even though we're good friends now, but in the beginning. But that's why I think I loved Mitzi so much, because she was very pro-woman. That's what the belly room was for, right? Didn't she create that room? Yeah, she, she made it for the female comics because they weren't I mean, she she put them on in the main stages too, but it was all men. It was such a male dominated, you know, world back in the seventies. Yeah, 
in the 80s that she created a room that I think it gave it more of a safe space for women to go up and not be bullied by these guys because men will do crazy shit to it. I know you have stories. I have stories yeah. of the shit men have said to me over the years as a comic. And it's like, you're just mad because you couldn't follow me. Yeah. You weren't as funny. So now you're going to put me down and try to destroy my... Go fuck yourselves, you losers. And uh, But it's like... It's so crazy. And then I find being, you know, in December, I'll be 28 years old in this industry. So, uh, and I'm only 29. <laughs> <laughs> and I was a year old. I can't, uh, sorry, my math is kind of slow right now. But um, what, what year did you start? I started in 97. 95. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So now I know I'm 26 years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that explains me on a cruise ship. Yeah. Like, oh, well. That checks out. You go, oh, right on time. Right on time. But I always find still to this day in 2023, and I expected it more back then, and I got less of it then than I do now. It's just that that women, women are more harder on women than men are. And it's because we have a vagina. And men think if you have a vagina, there's still a shot of me sticking my dick in it. <laughs> women don't want to fuck you. But they, I mean, and they want to be the prettiest girl in the room. Right. So they want to throw you under the bus and be the pretty. I'm like, be the pretty one. I don't care. I mean, I think that was the case when we started comedy, for sure. It's happening but, now. Still. Yeah, really? No, oh, yeah. It seems See, you're, like so out of, you're so out of I mean, it on the boats. Alone, yeah. Because I'm like, I feel like there's a way, there's more of a women supporting women uh, community these Listen, days. Listen, I'll tell you something. I could be wrong. I definitely live in my own bubble you do live in your own shit bubble because right now i'm i see it the more in inclusive shows are the more they exclude people and they're more worried about checking a box i mean yeah. than like supporting people yeah. and supporting funny people i'm like why are you putting that person on just because they check all the boxes of the woke box and i'm like but I know so many comics that fit that description that are really funny yeah. and you're not using them because this is my theory. Co color me wrong, but I'm going to tell you in five years, you're like, wow, Christy, you were right that they do this so they can go see it doesn't work. Oh, wow. Don't you're not going to use them anymore because they just don't do well. And I've heard it oh. even in road clubs. Yeah, we don't book a lot of women headliners because they just don't do well here. I go, who are you booking? You're not booking me. Who are you book? What are you booking? A fucking TikToker with three minutes and a fucking sketch video? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. But that's what they do. They get, I've heard it. Just like, I, I was like shocked that I was listening to it at this age. That, yeah, we don't book a lot of women out here because, you know, women don't do well headlining in this area. Oh, man. Oh. You know what I think we need? I think we need like a reality show um, that's it's like the voice, but for comedians. And you would only turn around your chair once you heard a funny joke. And it didn't matter what they looked like or if they were checking boxes, as you say. Yeah. It's all about the material. Yeah. You know? But, but also the material is, is relevant. The materials, you know, it's subjective. Yeah. What you think is funny may not be what I think is funny. Yes. And what I find hilarious, you probably find offensive. Exactly. Because I'm a piece of shit. Oh, so, I mean, I, no, sorry. I said exactly like I'm saying, yeah, yeah. that's comedy but in general. Like, I want to open a club and call it 40 and over. Oh. If you're I, not like, 30 years old and older, you can't perform here. You, you're too wet around the ears. You're a child. Go back to TikTok because I've been told by clubs here in New York City by bookers I'm too old. Oh yeah, oh yeah. 
uh, and then you cut to the, the 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 collage of me like Rocky training for the fight, ready to fight Apollo. And I'm like, uh, uh, like I'll fuck you up, bitch. You know, yeah. but it's yeah, it's the ageism will never go away. Everything else will go under the wayside, but ageism yeah. is a real big deal here in America. With everything, it's ageism. Like they treat women over forty like we're washed up garbage, and men can get old, but women can't. And people get over a certain age, all of a sudden they're not funny anymore. I'm like, we're funnier than all your hack acts that you got on. You've been doing it for three years. Yeah. Because we have the life experience. Exactly. Comedy should get better with age. 10,000 yeah. hours to be an expert. Exactly. I haven't even been alive for 10,000 hours. Exactly. That, that, yeah. It's just like, it's so crazy to me. So that's. That's my story. But wait, we still have to go back. You said you had a theory. Uh, sorry, I'm obsessed with this email, but now that we bring it up, you said you uh, you have a, a theory as to who it might be. Yeah. It's because I, I still don't know to this day. I thought I did. I, we thought we who knocked did, down. Okay. Who, who did you guys think it was? I, I don't even remember her name. I just remember being at McCormick and Schmick's for happy hour in Beverly Hills and talking to a lawyer beside me and he was like I actually have a when I said I was a comedian he's like I have a class act lawsuit against the comedy store right now for sexual something whatever and then I was like oh who started this I don't think he could I don't think he was supposed to tell me but I don't know he mentioned I, I can't remember her name I can't remember her name older I, I I didn't know her even when he said the name I didn't actually personally it, know her which it, explains why I, I never got I'm, I'm probably gonna get nobody everybody hates this girl anyway Judy Chinchado that was the one that is the girl that's that's, that's who doable. this man Thank you. said. It Thank be. you. No, well, hold on. Let me get the applause. Was that, I, <laughs> but see, but I don't know. But then Rosie Tran, I saw her a few years ago, and I brought it up oh, again. I, I was like, about that. Then. I was like, who? <laughs> I was like, who wrote the email? But she had a different theory. Who? I don't know. She. See, I, think I it's can't. Machado. I can't tell you who, but it was it was like a, a guy. It was like a gay guy sticking up for the girl who actually wrote the email. But it's true. If you read it, you might. It could still be. The voice could seem like it's coming from a, a woman, but it could have been the gay guy. Can you imagine? A good twist on this. Unless she had somebody write it for her because yes. she's illiterate. Which Sam, I don't know. I don't or know the Judy person. Yeah, she probably hired somebody to write it. Could have been a gay lawyer. It was West Hollywood. Right? Kind of redundant to put gay in front of anything out there. It's <laughs> kind of a waste of an adjective. I want some confirmation if it really was this girl. We got blamed for it. Like, I think Tracy got, like, banned from, like, the comedy store. Tracy who? McDonald, because they all thought Tracy wrote it. Hilarious. I knew there was no way she would have something with no typos in it. So I was like, oh, well, Tracy. I know. I'm trying. It's who I said it was. Yeah, it, maybe. But I still don't know. Because she even went to Mitzi and said one of the comics who's a staple at the comedy store who's probably one of my favorite people one of the two favorite people at the comedy store that he choked her in the parking lot and he didn't even touch her and she tried to get him thrown out and she got banned and he got rewarded and protected because Mitzi's not stupid she knows I mean even though she was losing it towards the end but she knew every that woman was so ahead when it came to people and 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 quirks and nuances and bullshit and their hangups and all this other crap insecurity she knew she knew people so especially comics yeah she knew our brains and how we were wired and what would lead to what she knew what he didn't do that to her so she he, she banned her instead holy shit hmm? See, there's so many stories. You should write a book, man, because I it's a lot of people want me to write a book and people want me to write a book about all my Mooney stories. 
Oh, yeah. My years with Paul Mooney. That would be so interesting. I have stories with him because he was like a dad to me. I know. I really? him so much. But, uh, oh, homie. But, uh, but yeah, so. Okay, well, we need, I still want somebody to confirm wanna, it was this, okay, I'm this gonna, Judy character. It, it was. But uh, back to you. No, okay. Back to you, Bob. Huge mystery. Just right? Like, so you guys do your sleuthing out there. But uh, I want to know more about you and what made you want to be a comic? What made you start comedy? Um, what made me start comedy is I was going to school for journalism in Ottawa in the late 90s. So I love writing. There's there's the actual seed that's planted. Is I love writing. Dun, dun, dun. And then in my second year of university, uh, just this cute fraternity guy with the nickname Fr- Spicoli told me I should do stand-up comedy. And I was like, oh. And I, at the time, I'd only seen one female comic on TV, and her name, obviously, is Wendy Liebman, and I loved her, and I was like, I would love to do stand-up comedy. And, and he made Wendy it. Liebman. Oh, my God, I love her, too. She's definitely People the inspiration. People and said, lady, die, and they were just telling me what to do. So, anyway. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my God, she's the best. Yeah. Um, yeah, she the classic, like, I like old-fashioned guys, you know, guys who open doors for you, and guys who pay for sex, and <laughs> had a traditional high school upbringing, because my boyfriend was on the football team, and, oh, no, never mind, I already fucked it up. Anyways, that's good. Yeah. Uh, it turns out I can only do my jokes, which is, hello, that's a good place to be. Uh, anyways, uh, I loved her, but she was, like, the one comic I remember seeing, like, right. on TV. Sure. Um. And yeah, and uh, the the guy, Spicoli, he made it so easy for me, too. He was like, there's Yak Yaks. There was one comedy club in Ottawa at the time. That's and Ottawa, he, Canada, people. That's right. Uh, from the motherland. Uh, you know, like, what part of Brooklyn is that? <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> and can you imagine living in a time where there was only one comedy club in a city? One place to even do, like, not even, like, a bar show. Like, it was yeah. just yak yaks, but yeah. I literally called the comedy club and I was like, hey, I want to get on stage. <laughs> and she was like, okay, well, um, here's what you're going to do. You're going to come down on Wednesday night and watch New Talent Night. We'll comp you and a guest in. Um, and then after you watch the show, if you think that you can do it, or you want to do it, then you call in the first Tuesday of every month and you give us the veils and then we'll give you, um, you know, up to two spots a month. So that's where I started. But I, I did. Canadians I, are so nice. This was the late 90s. Now they're probably like, they would never pick up the phone. <laughs> Just like. But even in the late 90s, we never picked up the phone. I mean. Like at the comedy store, we're like, who the fuck are you? We got plenty. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. It's an open mic. Go kill yourself. All right. <laughs> I know. I'm such assholes. <laughs> it did get a lot more vicious once I moved to LA. But still, yeah. even in that era that I was there, like 2002 to 2006. It still wasn't as crazy as it is today. Like today, it seems like everybody wants to be a comedian. And back then, it was just like anybody who like couldn't sing or couldn't act. And I'm like, well, I guess we'll go do this. And then, like, and then uh, yeah, but you back then we didn't have social media, so you had to be funny to get booked. Like, yeah, it, you got booked off word of mouth. Yeah. Like, oh, I heard about. Oh, dude, do, do my room, you know, or do this because we started, you know, laundromat shows, coffee shop shows, bar shows, strip joint shows. We did shows everywhere because that's when the comedy slump hit in the late '90s. So we were just like scrounging for anything. Yeah. But uh, so you were in LA for four years. So um, why did you have to go back to Canada? It was weird. I, <laughs> see, initially when I went to LA, I never went for work, technically. I had only really gone because I met a guy in a nightclub in Las Vegas who convinced me I was his soulmate. And I was like 23. So obviously, I did what any, anybody would do. And I would just like... <laughs> You're like, what abs? Yeah, I just like 
but got rid of my apartment, my job, <laughs> everything I owned, and I moved to Huntington Beach, California for a dude. I mean, did I get the administrative work done beforehand? No, I certainly did not. Uh, she got deported, ladies and gentlemen. We deported a white blonde back to Canada because that's how fucked up we are. Basically, yeah. Nobody is safe, okay? It's not just brown, okay? It's this. <laughs> and if you go at her and go spike English, well, she does. <laughs> I found a loophole in white privilege, you guys. I, I, I fell down that rabbit hole. Oopsies. <laughs> Turns out we really do have to get our shit together in order to live in America, which I do. I have my papers now. But it's legal. It's funny because, like, I remember going through the border once after that happened. Uh -huh. And I was just going down to shop in, like, Detroit. And and we're, we're at the border. We got pulled over. And the woman looks at me and my friend and goes, have either one of you guys ever been denied entry to the United States before? And I go, yep. It was a good bust. <laughs> she works out laughing. She was like, oh, my God. That's amazing. She was like, I guess she never. Too honest. Let's go. She was like, yeah. She, I think she was shocked that I was so honest. And she she burst out laughing to the point where, like, everybody just looked over at us. And then she was like, go sit down. And then I sit down for, like, another, like, five minutes or whatever. She brings me back up. She goes, you know, you shouldn't joke at the border, right? And I go, I wasn't. <laughs> that was the truth. <laughs> She's like, have fun shopping. Yeah. <laughs> and then there. <laughs> but yeah, that was an emotional, emotional time in my life. I'll write about that at some point in my blog, too. But sometimes I, I hate the to... blog called again. It is called The Cruise Ship Comedian, and it's on Substack. And I'm really glad that I'm telling everybody that I'm writing it because I'm way overdue for a new post. And I have so many now crazy you're stories. Accountable. I know. Now I have to. And then most of my stories, some of my stories are dark and fucked up, but like some of them are fun. Like, I'm definitely at a point in my dating career now where I get to be like, you're not my first dueling piano player. You know, like there's yeah. another breed of people that we're hooking up out there. It's very below deck, only way less glamorous. But I have a boyfriend now, but my stories are. Well, her below deck takes the E out of below and it's just blow deck. <laughs> Hold on. I'm here all week, ladies and gentlemen. Just call this episode blow deck. <laughs> That's what it's going to be called. I love it. I'm going to put a little X for in the E. So I love that you're here. And I always end uh I always end the show with two silly questions because it's fun and it's silly and it, no one else ever talks about because everybody always talks about themselves because we're comics. We're asshole, narcissistic, self-absorbed, love the smell of our own farts people. You know, I do love the smell of my own farts. Because <laughs> you're a comic. <laughs> <laughs> so I always ask, is there a bit, a comic that you've seen has written that made you go, God damn, that's brilliant. I wish I had written that first. I mean, I feel like I feel that a lot, but I'm also tragic at remembering jokes. So like, like I just watched Michelle Wolf's like new special. Oh yeah. Partner. I heard I it was really good. It. Oh my God. I loved it. So like, let's just put all of those in right, that okay. file. The entire series. <laughs> just like all of Michelle Wolf. And then, um, just because I was kind of thinking about it when you when you texted me the other day, mm -hmm. I just saw a Neil Brennan joke. I again, I'm I'm talking about the most famous like great comics. Of course, you guys will all know these bits. I wish I could. I should have no, put something out of the woodwork. No, like, it's I, um, last week I had a guy talk about a local guy that no one's ever going to hear of, and it was a great bit. I see, and uh, and that's fun. But you know, this is just tells us you know it just gives people fodder. It's part of comedy history. Yeah, I mean, I loved it. I, it's just a, a real I saw the other day. Where he was talking about how, like, just like the bullshit of student loans mm -hmm. and how they're basically like small business loans that you would never get if you went into the bank and applied for them. Right. You know, you go to the bank, you're like, okay, so uh, you're going to give me $150,000. 
and I'm going to get drunk for four years. <laughs> but in the end, I'm not paying this back. I'm going to have a degree in sociology. <laughs> and you're going to be out 150000 I'm going to give you $80 a month for the next 280 years or something. Right. That's cute. It was a good bet. That's like, cute. Yeah. I mean, do you remember who it was? What was that? It was Neil Brennan. Oh, that's right. You did say oh, that. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I'm old. I'm old. It's, 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 it's some timers. But everybody who listens to this podcast probably knows knows all these comics. That's I should have been great. like, no, 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 no. It's good. It's good. Like, like one of my favorite bits is uh, Chappelle's bit about, you know, girls dressing like sluts. You can't talk to me like that. Just because I'm dressed like this doesn't mean I'm like that. And then he says, like, what if I was wearing a cop uniform and you come running up to me going, officer, officer, please help. I was just attacked. He goes, what makes you think I'm a cop? Well, you're dressed like one. Well, just because I'm dressed like this doesn't mean I am one. And it's like, oh, like, why didn't I think of that? I hate you. You beat me to it, you asshole. So it's like stuff like that. That's what's fun. Oh, I know. And then my favorite, too, because I opened for Paul Mooney for so many years and he used to close his set with street jokes. But he would mooneyize them. So, and all of us comics like to tell street jokes and stuff. I think they're fun because they're stupid. And like friends of mine, when we go on the road or whatever, and we're sitting around the green room, we try to think of the dumbest street joke to make each other laugh. Like, what's going to make everybody crack? So, do you have a go to street joke that you love? Okay. So, the only ones I can really think of off the top of my head, <laughs> they're so stupid, but it's the best. Uh... Oh, they're kids' street jokes. Because Those are even better. <laughs> this is what happens. Okay, so I do my PG show. I have to perform for children. Right. Right. And after the show, like, sometimes the kids will, like, get in a line and they'll wait to, like, tell me their joke. Right. Aww. I know, no, I kind of feel like Santa Claus. <laughs> like, 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 hey, little like, boy, what joke do you want to tell I me this year? <laughs> so they always come up to me. They tell me their joke. I, like, high-five them. I'm like, oh, my God, I come for you. But we'll let them sit on your lap. <laughs> no, just, I'll feel them up. Oh, sorry. It was the wrong wrong bit. Wrong bit. Sorry. My bad. Wrong show. <laughs> Christina, they'd like to, HR would like to see you. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but usually the jokes are, like, you know, they're kid jokes, obviously. You know, these kids are definitely under, like, 10 years old, I'd say. Those are the best. So, like, our, like, but for an example, a kid would be like, you know, okay, so, um, uh, uh, what did the ocean say to the beach? And I'll be like, what? And then, you know, he'd be like, oh, nothing. It just waved. And then I'm like, oh, my God. See, I know. Kid, kids' materials. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> they're awful. It's awful, but that's my new closing bits. <laughs> I know. They're awful. But but then I got, then this girl came up to me a few months ago. All right. She was 10. I was like, how old are you? And she's like, I'm 10. And then, and then I was like, and what's your joke? And she goes, What's worse than ants in your pants? And I go, what? And she goes, uncles. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and the dad is behind her just like clapping so proud of his little girl and her dark joke. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's good parenting, ladies and gentlemen. That is brilliant parenting. At least I think it was the dad. Maybe it was the uncle. And he was like, this. He's in her pants. Wait till I get in your pants, little girl. God damn it. <laughs> That's what he told her as he was pulling her pants down. Nothing, people. <laughs> oh my God, it's great. I love it. But like, uh, but but the fir- before we go, but the first joke I ever told, I got slapped in the face by my mother too. And I was like five, and my mom goes, "You want to tell me a joke?" And it was a joke I didn't know what it meant because I'm five years old. Like, yeah. what do I know at five? And I go, okay, I'm a joke. My mom, everybody's sitting around. Okay, Christy, tell your joke. And I go, what's the difference between a chicken and a whore? And my mom, her eyes get real big. She's like, what? I go, a chicken says cock-a-doodle-doo, and a whore says any cock will do. And I didn't know. I thought it was a cock will do. I thought it was a word. She fucking 
bam, right upside the head. And I didn't know what I did wrong because I didn't know what it meant. And now I know what it meant. And <laughs> I, I deserved it. <laughs> oh, I love you so much for being on the show. Just Tell everybody me. where they can find you on the social webs. So on the social webs, I'm, most, I'm not on TikTok again. I'm a me, little I'm banned. Yeah, I just well, don't care. Banned. I just don't care. I don't. I don't care. Um, but I like writing. Uh, so Substack, Christina Wagenshaw. I am on Facebook, Christina Wagenshaw. And my favorite, I do Instagram. I like Instagram stories, the Instagram. shit that, that disappears every day. That's my favorite. Instagram stories and I'm at walking sauce. Yes, she is. That's a right. nickname I got from Ben Glee back in those days. Walking sauce. That's hilarious. And it's stuck. That's all my handles. <laughs> and I guess on threads, but I'll I post a thread like once every two months when I remember I thread about it. Yeah. Me and too. Like what? I have a loose thread. What's happening? I know. <laughs> all right, all right, you guys. That's our show. Don't don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Old School New School Comedy, spelt with a K, not a C H, because we're fucking retarded. And uh, can we still say that? All right, never mind. Who cares? It's our, it's our your show, your rules. That's right. My house, my rules. I am white. I have rights. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what? <laughs> you can follow us at Old School New School Comedy. You can follow me everywhere at Christy Miller Comedy. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and share the show. See you next week. Oh.